0: Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, and this is The Black Independent. Looking now at the 2020 elections does raise some questions, especially in light of the New York City mayoral elections. And I'd like to share a little tidbit for those of you who don't know. Uh, The New York City mayor race was put into chaos when uh, some board member, some person possibly unqualified, um, added an extra 135,000 votes to the uh, tally to the tally. And then Counted those votes because they were conducting a test. They were testing the system, and instead of removing the one hundred and thirty-five thousand votes and testing it, they added one hundred and thirty-five thousand votes, throwing the mayoral race into chaos. And I'd like to. I'm going to uh, read a little bit of this. It's uh, yeah. Test ballots, they call them. It says here, New York City, New York Mayor's race in chaos after election board counts 135,000 test ballots. They count them. The extraordinary sequence of events threw the closely watched Democratic primary contest into a new period of uncertainty and seeded further confusion about the income, uh, uh, the outcome. Sorry. <laughs> um, The New York City mayor's race plunged into chaos on Tuesday night when the city board of elections released a new tally of votes in the Democratic mayoral primary and then removed the tabulations from its website after citing discrepancy. The results released earlier in the day had suggested that the race between Eric Adams and his two closest rivals had tightened significantly. But just a few hours after releasing the preliminary results, the elections board issued a cryptic tweet revealing a discrepancy in the report, saying that it was working with its technical staff to identify where the discrepancy occurred. By Tuesday evening, the tabulations had been taken down and replaced by a new advisory that the ranked choice results would be available starting on June 30th. Then around 10:30 p.m., the board finally released a statement explaining that it had failed to remove sample ballot images used to test its ranked-choice voting software. When the board ran the program, it counted both test and election night results producing approximately 135,000 additional records, the statement said. the ranked choice members, no, excuse me the ranked choice numbers, it said, would be tabulated again. The extraordinary sequence of events seeded further confusion about the outcome and threw the closely watched contest into a new period of uncertainty at a consequential moment for the city. For the Board of Elections, which has long been plagued by dysfunction and nepotism, this was its first try at implementing ranked choice voting on a citywide scale. Doesn't look like cheating to me. Skeptics had expressed doubts about the board's ability to pull off the process, though it is used successfully in other cities. Under ranked choice voting, voters can list up to five candidates on their ballot in preferential order. If no candidate receives more than 50% of the first votes in the first round, the winner is decided by a process of elimination. Hmm. As the lower polling candidates are eliminated, their votes are reallocated to whichever candidate those voters ranked next, and the process continues until there is a winner. The Board of Elections released preliminary unofficial ranked choice tabulations on Tuesday afternoon, showing that Mr. Adams, who held a significant advantage on primary night, was narrowly ahead of Katherine Garcia in the ballots, cast in person during early voting on a primary day. Maya D. Wiley, who came in second place in the initial vote count, was close behind in third place. The board then took down the results and disclosed the discrepancy. The results may well be scrambled again. Even after the board of elections sorts through the preliminary tally, it must count around 124,000 Democratic absentee votes or ballots. Once they are tabulated, the board will take the new total that includes them and run a new set of ranked-choice elimination rounds with a final result not expected until mid-July. And now the Democrats are bracing for what is called an acrimonious contesting of the votes. That put me in mind of the 2020 election. If a city like New York City can be this doggone incompetent in a local, you know, big city local mayoral race, how much discrepancy could have taken place on a national level? Now, I know some people are like, well, that doesn't mean the same thing. They counted all the votes. Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, yeah. We also saw some very interesting occurrences, especially on election night. And I know that some of you are saying that we are beating a dead horse. I'm not beating a dead horse. I'm not beating the horse. But what I am looking at is How counting the votes, how implementing new systems has fallacy. They have fallacy. It can be wrong. And when These media types poo-poo people who look at irregularities with a side eye as being conspiracy theories when we know on local levels, especially in light of the discontentment among half of the voters, and I believe it was something like 150 million people voted. That's a lot of people voting. And half of those people are disgruntled. And we are dismissed, or, you know, people are dismissed as being conspiracy theorists. It makes one wonder what it is that could possibly be hiding. What's 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 hiding in the background? What's hiding behind the curtain? Now you can say, you know, this is not national politics, this is a different system and, and yeah, yeah. I I, I concede that argument. I concede that. but mail-in ballots with, with anecdotal images popping up on the internet where ballots are just sitting out on the sidewalk are being dumped um are being picked up by people who are not male persons or associated with the post office just picked up by some strange trucks and taken off and you know other seeming irregularities makes one wonder about the accuracy of the vote. And I'm not going to argue it. The vote is in. The president is the president. Blah, blah, blah. But it does put into mind how fallible human interaction with the vote is. And if Implementing a new system, a computerized system, I might add. was this faulty? How much more faulty could a vote count be on a national level with mail-in? That's all I wanted to ask. How much more? Okay. Moving on to my next subject, which was, um, Miss. Shikari Richardson and her suspension and how some people are calling out her suspension as being racist and too harsh. Um, to my understanding, normally being tested positive or, or testing positive for weed gets you a three-month suspension. But she only she's only suspended for 30 days. So um, it brought up subjects about Michael Phelps and his suspension. And I believe he was suspended for three months. I got to look that up or something like that. And I don't believe he actually was tested. Or we, I think he was caught smoking. Um, he wasn't tested. He hadn't tested positive when he competed in the Olympics, but he was caught smoking a bomb after the Olympics. And then there was some other competition that he was not allowed to participate in. Uh, let me just look that up, but I'm pretty certain that that was the um chain of events but i want to address this because the young lady came forward was honest and took her suspension and now you have people who want to deem what she's done as racist, or or what has happened to her as racist. And they want to say that when it was Michael Phelps, that Michael Phelps received a lighter sentence and was allowed to perform in the Olympics, despite his positivity, uh, him testing positive for marijuana. So I wanted to go, I'm going to go revisit these facts. About this. Um, this is a report from the New York Post. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read some of it. It says um, After losing her spot in her Olympic event, sprinter Shakari Richardson is being compared to another American record holder, Michael Phelps. The 21 year old likely will not be able to compete at the Olympics after testing positive for marijuana. This, just, this comes just one week after running the 100-meter dash in 10.8 seconds at the U.S. Olympic trials. If you saw that, that was amazing. Her positive result invalidates her trial results for the 100-meter event. Richardson, who is considered the fastest woman in the United States, has accepted a month-long ban from the sport. This puts her in the position wherein she can compete in the 4 by 100 meter relay, which would take place after her suspension lifts on July twenty eighth, In an interview with NBC on Friday, Richardson said she used cannabis to cope with the death of her biological mother, which occurred one week before the trials took place. The sprinter said that she had learned the news from a reporter and it sent her into a state of emotional panic. Many are comparing this to Phelps, the most decorated Olympian of all time with 23 medals, who was caught smoking marijuana in 2009. As a result, U.S. Swimming swimming stripped Phelps of his financial support. He was banned from competing for three months, and he lost major Kellogg, Kellogg sponsorship deal. Some pointed out the similarities between Phelps and Richardson questioning why the former was allowed to compete in the Olympics. However, the situations differ due to the timing. Phelps' suspension took place six months after the the Beijing Olympics and five months before the 2009 World Championships. Richardson's suspension is mere weeks before the Games are slated to begin. Moreover, Phelps never actually tested positive for THC. He was only caught smoking from a bong on camera months after the Olympics occurred, which didn't disqualify any of his scores. Cannabis is prohibited by the International Olympic Committee World Anti-Doping Agency. Unless an athlete has an approved therapeutic use exemption, If an athlete tests positive for THC, they can receive an anti-doping rule violation and a sanction. As the organization considers it a performance-enhancing substance, a health risk, and goes against the spirit of the sport. And the suspension can range anywhere from 30 days to 2 years. So now... I had a question about, um, Shikari Richardson, because I believe in her hometown, in her home state, uh, cannabis, marijuana, is legal. So she didn't commit any illegal, illegalities here. she smoked a substance that was legal in her state but not legal or not accepted by the by the uh, committee of the or the olympic committee sorry about that mm-hmm. I really don't believe that there's a racial disparity here between Shikari Richardson and Michael Phelps uh the difference as was stated in the article was the timing uh uh he was caught after the fact you know smoking from a bong, and she was caught you know, she tested positive before um. It does put the situation in a kind of dilemma, but I think that this so-called racial disparity is a false argument. Obviously, this had nothing to do with a disparity of justice uh, or a disparity of punishments or 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 any such thing. It was simply that she tested positive for a substance that is banned from the Olympics. Michael Phelps had already competed, probably already tested, tested negatively. After it was over, the Olympics were over, he went and had a party and had some fun. But I think we have a bigger question, which I don't know if I'm going to address today. I am going to ask the question, but. don't know if I'm going to go uh, in depth into the question, but the question is, now that states are legalizing marijuana, where does that stand in the rest of the world? And I mean, in particular, these situations, such as the Olympic committees, world championships. Because, you know, so goes America, as goes America, sometimes so goes the world. And America seemed to make a big push during its heyday of anti-drug. Wars to make marijuana an illegal substance, prompting fights, wars, drug cartels to you know to these great illegal lengths to supply a demand for their drug. And now This drug is legalized, and I believe it was legalized in her state, but, you know, drop me a voice message if I'm wrong, and it is no longer illegal, but you're still going to be penalized for its use anyway. Then, why legalize it, and what does this mean to us in general and maybe maybe that's maybe it's a false question i don't know i don't I don't know it's just it's just put into mind as I said, I didn't really want to delve into it because. It just occurred to me that, you know, if the states and many states haven't legalized marijuana as of now, as of currently, so I don't know. And if all the states, all the 50 states were to legalize marijuana, you know, an athlete can legally smoke marijuana in the United States if all 50 states were to legalize this substance, and then where does that put us in the world in competition uh, legally? Because you know we already have some conflict with marijuana being legal and some states, a few states, but not legal in most states. And we have an even bigger problem that marijuana is legal in the states but not legal federally. It's still a federally um, banned substance. So the conflict and the repercussions of legalizing drugs creates unnecessary or unintended consequences. And that's the question that we have to ask ourselves. And that's the question that the politicians and the federal government and the state governments still have to wrestle with. Anyway, I think that's all I have for today and I want to give a shout out to my listeners and some of the positive responses I've been receiving. And this is for my podcast for today, so I want to thank you. And I look forward to making another one. And happy 4th of July. Have a good day.